Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. This episode, we're looking at uh, Season 4, Episode 8. But before I go much further into it, let us introduce our panel. Um, so we'll start with YD. Hi, everyone. This is Yellow Delaney, and you can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr. Uh, Chicky. Hi, this is Chicky. I'm Chikrin on Tumblr. Uh, Eon. Hey, this is Eon, and I am Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And we have a special guest. Yes, hello, I'm Cray, and you can find me um, as Crayjoy on Tumblr. And I am Lady of Tarth hyphen posts on Tumblr, also known as Lot. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, we're covering season four, episode eight, on uh, the Mountain and the Viper. Um, we begin this episode um, looking at Mole's Town. Um, it's a, a a room full of whores. Uh, <laughs> my favorite of <laughs> and then one of them's belching out a song, and it's the bear and the maiden fair. Um, the, it's actually the smoker throat whore from, I think it was like episode three. And yeah. uh, she kind of has a go at Gilly, threatens her baby, and uh, Gilly tells her to shut up. And uh, she hears the hooting of an owl. Um, so it's the signaling of the wildlings who wildlings who attack Molestown. Um, so I don't know. It's just a little a lot of mayhem. The houses are being set on fire, um, and then it kind of segues into Sam, John, and other members of the Night's Watch discussing the attack and how close they are. And again, they reiterate that it's a hundred, well, hundred and two men versus one hundred thousand men. And that is the scenario we're looking at here. So I don't know. I didn't really have like a real question for this because it just seemed like a lot of setup for the upcoming battle at the wall. I didn't know if anybody else had any thoughts about these scenes. Oh, anybody... I it was interesting that they um, had Egret and Gilly have a run in. Mm-hmm. Right. And I then... thought that was really good. Yeah, I did yeah, too. I thought... It was kind of cool. I and it gave interesting too. Did anyone have any issues with uh, you know, Egret seeming to find her maternal side there and sparing Gilly uh, <laughs> and little Sam? It was odd because she had just killed some women. So right. I don't know if it was the baby <laughs> right. that made her spare Gilly. Yeah. Who knows? They were all... I think, they were oh, oh, go ahead, Cray. I was just going to say they were killing everybody, but I think they were trying to just give her one little last bit of, you know, like the audience was like, oh, Egret before... Yeah, we don't hate her. Right. Right. Yeah, right. We don't hate her. <laughs> Go ahead, Ian. Give her a little bit of human humanization before she, she dies. <laughs> before her untimely <laughs> death. Did we do a spoiler warning? Spoiler warning. Hi. Spoiler warning. This is me failing at the spoiler <laughs> alerts again. This is Lot here. <laughs> yeah, we're being We'll be spoiling, so sorry, you just got spoiled. Ygritte dies. She she may or may not die. (laughs) Yeah, we're just a joke. Who knows? I still think that she's going to get killed by Potato Boy. That's what I'm... Oh, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, that was was cool. 
Okay, so... And then, wait, can I just mention the amount of blood that was dripping from the ceiling when Egret walked yeah. away? <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> sick. That's, that's, that's oh a God. lot of blood. This, this was certainly an episode for gore. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan. I know. <laughs> we know a lot. <laughs> okay. She hates stops too. Yep. <laughs> All right, so uh, Grey Worm and... Masandi are in the next scene and they're bathing in the river and we see Grey Worm gonna poke his head out and <laughs> watch her. And uh, the next scene is of Masandi and Daenerys talking about Grey Worm watching Masandi when she was all naked in the river. And she has this line where she asks if they take the pillar and the stones when they uh, castrate the unsullied. I don't get it. <laughs> you need a diagram? Oh, please. Yes, let's, I do. Let's, let's diagram this for Whitey. Yeah, nobody Thank believes Whitey doesn't get that. <laughs> Does anyone have a theory on what the pillar is? <laughs> is it like the sword? Like a sword. Yes, Maybe. yes. <laughs> the pillar is his penis. <laughs> oh, right. I get it now. Thank you. Please I got it. The next scene is uh, Missandei and Grey Worm again, and uh, Grey Worm's apologizing for um, what he did at the river, spying on her. And um, they have a moment where they, again, talk about his life before being unsullied. And uh, I have to say, the dude has quite a positive spin on getting castrated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If he didn't get castrated, he would never have met Daenerys. He would have never overthrown the Masters, and he would never have met Missandei. And then everyone has this moment of, so sweet, right? You know, I saw I saw a fair amount. Well, a little bit of complaining about this scene online because I think people were concerned that it was taking up time um, that could have been better spent elsewhere. But I mean, I thought it was kind of a lovely little scene, and I think it was a scene that was kind of sorely needed in an otherwise you know, bleak episode. And it's sort of, you know, you come away with that um, idea that maybe, you know, hope and good can be born from all this tragedy. And I just thought it was, you know, it was kind of a, a nice little uh, sort of detour from the from the bleakness of the rest right. of the episode. Right. I saw you trying to jump in there, Cray. I was just going to say, it's. I was agreeing with YD because it's like, the end of the episode is, is the two people who are probably most in love in like all of the Game of Thrones universe and they're just, you know, destroyed. So there's these two yeah. other people who are like, oh, these people are in love too. This is cute, yeah. isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. So we sort of see the ending of one great love story and perhaps the beginning of another love story. Aww. Aww. I, don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think personally it's pretty clever of them to throw this into the Marine storyline as well. Mm. As I think we all know they're going to need to try to engage us next season. <laughs> and this yes. might be a good a good thing to keep us interested. Right. Wait a minute, Shiki, are you suggesting that Danny, Danny isn't enough to keep you interested? <laughs> I mean, I would never say that. I don't want hate mail. This is the portion of the podcast where we bash Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> you mean the entire podcast? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, in the books, I don't remember this being a, a big romance. Like, in my... Oh, no, no, it's it entirely In the book, in the books, Missande is like what ten or twelve or something. Right, she's eleven. Um, yeah, but I remember um, there was. Do you remember uh, Stalwart Shield? The uh, the unsullied who kind of went to the whores just to you know get some love. I, I feel I remember like, the story. I don't remember the name. Yeah, yeah I. Rem- <clears throat> oh, sorry. You go ahead, Ian. 
Oh, no? yeah, definitely, Woody. <laughs> no. um, this was really, this was really reminiscent of, like, the Unsullied going to the yes. whorehouses just to get a little cuddle from the from the whores. Yeah, I, I've got some, that impression. They're developing emotions and needing love. Yeah, I, I had a little note down just saying that I thought it, it was kind of showing how the Unsullied are perhaps reclaiming a little bit of their humanity and, you know, the, those Hi. feelings of love. I saw Cray try to jump in again, so... I was just saying that they need hugs. <laughs> Everyone needs hugs. <laughs> Everyone yes. needs hugs. Even yes. if they don't have their stones and pillars or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Even castrated killers need love. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, this, the next scene is uh, Ramsey and Theon. Speaking of castrated killers that need love. <laughs> oh, just, uh, no, too, too soon, love. Too soon. <laughs> Do you think uh, they took his stones as well? Uh, <laughs> good question. That is a good question. I don't think they I, did I, in the books. I think I they had to up, though, because they're trying to cut off the line, right? Like that's what No, because in the books, he thinks about that other thing, not things. So I think it's just penis hmm. in the books. And also, when yeah. Ramsey was eating his dinner, he was eating just a sausage. He didn't have any potatoes or anything like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, with, I'm going with the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, Ramsey's prepping Theon for his mission. Um, uh, dude's in full Stockholm Syndrome effect here. Like, he is, mm. he is Ramsey's toy. Um, he sent to moat Kaelin, uh, Kaelin inside. Things are looking grim and are sick and dying. Um, Theon says that um, if he allows them to come treat with him, the Iron Board, born on Lord um, Bolton's behalf, will be let go. And uh, he says, uh, no shame. Um, you know, you fought with honor. And the guy kind of turns on him, the commander at the time, and he says, only a whip dog or a woman would speak this way. And as soon as that guy gets angry with him, it's like he can see um, Theon just kind of crumble and he starts muttering reek again. And yeah. the dude gets in. You just an- snap, don't you? Yeah, like, oh, I'm going to mention it as soon as I finish this, but, um, like, the dude, like, uh, kills the guy with an axe and he says, so you promise that you'll let us go. And, of course... The next scene is him flayed and dead. So, yeah, no, the, the promises were not kept. But um, I just had to mention, like, Elfie Allen's acting. Mm-hmm. He's he did so an incredible good. job he killed with the scene, it. I thought. He killed it. Yeah. Incredible. You could just see the the struggle written all over his face. And he had those, like, soulless eyes. It was just really haunting, I thought. It was like even though he had the armor, the Theon armor on, it was like that's you could just that's not Theon. You could just tell that he was just this other person, right? Because you think sad. back to season one Theon, and he's got like that swagger, and he's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, all know. the fights being whipped out of him. Yeah, I don't know. He's great. Uh, I think Alfie Allen did a great job. Um, yeah, no, he was really good, and it was good to kind of check back in with him after the whole Asha thing. Sorry, yeah. Yara. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it, was, it was good to just kind of see, you know, yes, he is definitely still Ramsey's creature. Mm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the next scene is of Peter Baelish, and he's in the Vale, um, and he's um, with a council of three people. One is Royce, Lord Royce. I'm not sure who the other two are. <laughs> the lady seems pretty dope. I like her. <laughs> well, la- lady uh, Wainwood, I think. Anya Wainwood. I'm glad you yes. guys Oh, there you go. <laughs> 
And I think the other one's Lynn Corbury. I didn't even look it up. I'm assuming it's Lynn Corbury. Uh, That's what I thought as well, but I'm not 100%. I'm just going to trust you guys. I would just call him dude. Dude, <laughs> dude number, number one and dude, dude number no two. Lady. <laughs> anyway, they're not buying um, Peter's story. They definitely think that it was not a suicide um, and they asked um, for his witness, who is his niece, quote unquote, and they call her in. And this whole time, you're kind of watching Sansa put on this performance where she's uh, defending him, saying that he's done everything to protect her. And then she also reveals that she's Sansa Stark. Um, so uh, I don't know. Oh, oh, I know what I want to know. Cray, defend yourself. <laughs> I have to do this right now. Yeah, it's okay. I believe you are a uh, Littlefinger Sansa shipper. Yes. Um, <laughs> Defend yourself. <laughs> I'm like the only one in the whole fandom. Nobody seems to like Littlefinger at all. And definitely That's nobody's because a he's a shipper. creepy pedophile. Okay. Let's start there. What not, is- not in the Jamie and Brienne <laughs> fandom, but in, in general ASOIAF, I think Littlefinger has fans. Yes, sure. he has fans. He does. There are shippers. Yeah. There are other shippers. <laughs> there are other shippers. shippers. I'm not the only one. Well, let's I'm start the there one. then. Okay. Why do you like Littlefinger? It's not that I... I don't like Littlefinger as a person. If he was a person that I knew, I would not associate with him at all. It's just... Right. He's just so entertaining to me. He's so devilish and so just... It's interests me so much to read about all the little things that he's that he's planning and that he's up to so that's what i like about little fingers now that i think he's the best guy ever and that i want him to win <laughs> you don't aspire to be like no, him i don't aspire to be lord baelish okay he entertains you <laughs> very much and then why okay and then ne- the next part and why do you like the idea of sansa with little finger um oh god <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I feel like Cray like should have some defense counsel right now. <laughs> should. Can I have somebody on my side? Okay, so... No. No, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's... I mean, it's creepy. We call it creepy shipping. We call ourselves creepy shippers. Like, we know it's creepy. We know. But I think that Littlefinger is honestly the avenue that Sansa has to take to become what she... Maybe not aspires to be right now, but what she can be. Like he's the the safest place for her to be right now, and he will provide her with exactly what she needs to get like to the top. And then she'll learn all that she can from him, and then just kind of discard him. And I know it's kind of a weird relationship, but it's it just interests me so much. And also, I was always I grew up just always kind of having crushes on my like older teachers and stuff. So that, that's kind of <laughs> We're getting into some deep-seated... Uh, <laughs> why? Some territory I might not be able to handle. No, anyways, no, that's fine. That's the end of that part. I just think... I, like I, can, I can understand that. I, I, yeah, I just feel like he's he's what she needs right now. Like Otherwise, she would just be dead or she'd be trapped in King's Landing, married to Tyrion forever, just a, a prisoner of the Lannisters. Like, so you're bringing not necessarily her... shipping true love, it's more... Oh, no, what, not true love. What he can do for her. It's more just just them both using each other to try to... She's, he thinks that he's using her to get power, and also that's the Littlefinger side, and then the Peter Baylor side is sort of, oh, she's like Catelyn and kind of attracted to that part, and Sansa just starts to Realize, ooh, I can learn stuff from him. I just threw up in my mouth a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't handle this. Just, anyway, uh, this, 
this is where Chica throws her notes across the room. <laughs> no, no. No, it all. I was going to say. I was going to say, Craig. I'm a Sander Sansa shipper, so I, I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers. <laughs> Thank you. What a creepy pedophile. Well, oh, I don't <laughs> even know you people. Who are you people? <laughs> it's just Littlefinger has the pedo mustache, so he's more. He seems like more of a pedophile. He seems worse. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps we should move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have, I have a whole pedo stare going on. He's like, no, I have ten more pages of <laughs> I do have a lot, but I will say that that dress though looked really good. So I'm gonna <laughs> hey, 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 uh, that's coming up. She doesn't yeah. like it. Yeah, don't steal my segues. <laughs> Sorry, lot. Um, so Peter uh, asks <laughs> Rice and the lady. <laughs> I can't remember her name. Warnwood, was it? Old lady. Waynewood. 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 Who the veil is going to back? Um because they've kind of kept out of the war so far. So my question is, who do you think Littlefinger wants the veil to back? He wants him to back Sansa. Sansa, eventually. But he's not getting there yet. Yeah, it's gonna. he's going to have to work up to that. So mm-hmm. it's the North, essentially, eventually? Um, is it, though? Because, you know, as we know from the books, he would like to um, get the veil completely invested in Sansa, either by having her marry sweet robin which is not really his plan or to marry harry the heir yeah i was mm-hmm. going to ask do you think they're introducing harry the heir well i thought that they would because lady anya wainwood is is his guardian and mm. um i thought they were introducing her to introduce him but he hasn't yeah. even been name dropped that i know well, of i mean no, sends any stuff to do next season can um she can, does can you explain That's... who harry the heir is for okay sorry harry the heir is sweet robin's heir um, the heir to the veil, essentially. Um, he is a very distant cousin, however. Probably okay. did not anticipate uh, inheriting. Okay. But, but so basically, if, if anything happens to Sweet Robin, then if, Harry's... If Harry's Sweet Robin heir. dies, yes, Harry the heir will be the heir. And um, right. we should probably note that that um, in Feast for Crows, um, Baelish's plan is to, is to marry Sansa to Harry the heir. He's already talked to Anya Wainwin about it, which is actually one of the reasons I didn't really have as big a problem with her revealing herself, because you can kind of assume mm-hmm. that, that Anya Wainwood at least knows who Sansa yeah. is. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. good. Exactly. And yeah. plus, they didn't have the Marillion's character. They took care of that in season one. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. couldn't just, like, place blame on Marillion for pushing Liza out the, the, you know, the moon door. Mm-hmm. So they had to go another route. Yeah, they've had to adjust a lot of things. I gotta say, I found it a little odd that they played it that uh, Littlefinger wasn't quite in control of what was happening. Yes. In the books, very yes. much Littlefinger is pulling the strings yeah. to make sure that Merlion is there to blame before he yes. pushes Liza. And in this, yeah. he's a little more out of control. It kind of fits with my yeah. own theory because I'm, I kind of feel like Littlefinger really doesn't have the grasp that people think he does. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're right. I agree with you, Chicky. I think that um, it was funny because when I initially saw the scene, I thought, oh, is Littlefinger not aware of, um, you know, what Sans is going to be saying here? And then I thought, oh, well, perhaps they discussed it beforehand. But then if you watch the inside the episode, they actually do say that Littlefinger wasn't aware of uh, what Sans was going to say. So really, um, 
she was in the position of power there, which, you know, is slightly deviates from, from the way they portray Littlefinger in the book and how he always knows what's going on and has the finger on the pulse. Um, yeah, it's, so, it's like yeah, an acceleration. It really is. And I do tend to agree with you, Chiki. I guess my overall impression of Littlefinger is he isn't quite as smart as he thinks he is. And yeah, I that's agree. kind of my feeling. I agree. I think it's it's what Sansa's going to be like in the book soon-ish, but it's going to be she's going to get all this power and learn all this stuff from him, and then eventually he'll find, oh, she has actually more power than me. Like, somehow, slowly, mm. she'll gain more and more power, and then Baelish will be like, oh, and then, and then Sansa yes. will have less power and just kind of... Yeah, she'll be like, you're not very useful. Away. Don't it, need it, it did feel like a glimpse of wins or later, really, that we saw in this episode. It really did. Yeah, it really did. I mean, in terms yes. of Sansa's storyline now, there's not really much else to do that hasn't that has been written. Um, mm. So I wonder if perhaps there's not going to be quite as much focus on Sansa next season, mm. or if there is, we will be getting stuff from Winds, presumably. They're just going to be climbing down the Eerie the entire season next season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, in that episode. Down the little basket yeah. thing. It's a pretty big mountain. <laughs> Give me, give me Maya Stone. <laughs> yes, I want Mia Stone. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're going to go on to the next scene, which is um, Barristan and Jorah. And uh, we see oh, Barristan no. walking around Marine, and he's handed a scroll with a Lannister seal. I think it's a Lannister seal. It's a red seal. Actually, it's Baratheon. It's the hand, hand of the king. The hand of the king. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, it's a pardon by Robert Baratheon. Um, and... Barristan accuses Jorah of spying on Daenerys. Um, Jorah asks to speak with her in person, and Barristan says, that will never happen again. You will never be alone with her again. And then the next scene is Jorah. It's very much, they did this really well, I thought, the setup of the scene where you have Jorah coming up the the steps, and you have Grey Worm and Barristan kind of move forward as he climbs the stairs. So you see that shift in his position. Yeah. And uh, he admits to sending letters to Varys, and uh, Daenerys accuses him of betraying her and selling her secrets. He begs forgiveness. He says he loves her. Um, she exiles him. And when he moves towards her, she threatens to collect his head <laughs> for such a maneuver. Uh, we see in the next shot, Jorah riding away from Marine, all sad panda. <laughs> so, it <laughs> looks... Looks like we're not getting our kiss. <laughs> no, I know them. I wanted my fucking kiss. It's all I wanted out of this storyline. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Why do you think they left it out? Because they hate me. She's <laughs> <laughs> taking it so personally. It is. Personal. They actually had Chicky in mind. They were like, "We were going to put the kiss in, but, but yeah, we seen this. We seen this woman online, and we just don't like her at all." <laughs> yes. I can remember talking to Chicky after this episode, and she was so pissed about this. Right you guys so. aren't allowed to talk about this after episode. Oh, God, never tell Lot that we talk. <laughs> Save it for We're going to get so much detention, okay. you guys. Yeah, after this recording, <laughs> I'm talking to each and every one of you. <laughs> hey, getting the whip out. <laughs> yeah, I was bummed. No kiss. It was, yeah. It's like the whole season they've been they haven't been as close to Jorah and Daenerys. I don't know. And it's yeah. been so sad. It's like they didn't have an opportunity to even put the kiss in. And it was so, well, I mean, I don't know if it's sweet in the book, but I loved it in the book. Obviously, it's lots powerful. of people did. Yeah. It yeah. It's not like I ship it. It's just, it's such a good moment. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's probably 
Gap, one of the only good moments in the Danny story. Oh, sorry. No, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> and once Barrison was like, you'll never be alone with her again, I was like, oh, shit. It's like, we're not yeah. getting it. Okay. Yeah. No, no. You were, you were hoping to the very end, though, that he was just going to grab right her. Right the very end. <laughs> just, like, dip her on the like... stairs. <laughs> and I have to say, maybe it was that I was disappointed that I didn't get the kiss, but I just felt kind of emotionally disconnected from the yeah. whole thing. Like, this yeah. is such a big moment in the books. I, I don't maybe my expectations were too high, but I just felt completely emotionally disconnected. Well, you know how... So it might have just been Amelia Clark's acting that did it. Yeah. I think so. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Although, oh, I, I, I agree. Pretty, yeah, I, I think they pretty cleverly that. shot the scene to her strength, though, the way that they played it in the throne room and everything. I think they did their best yes. to work around that. I mean, she's really good at that that thing that she does, that whole regal thing. Uh, yes, she is. I, it was funny, actually, because I... Um, this whole, there's like a series of kind of unsteady close-ups that kept cutting in tighter and tighter on their faces, which I could see what they were trying to do. But to me, it just had this really awkward vibe. And I, I don't know, I don't necessarily want to put it down to Amelia's acting. Um, perhaps it was. Um, I think Ian Glenn was doing the best he could in that oh, he was scene. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, but I just, like Chicky, it did leave me a little bit cold and it was unfortunate because it was a huge moment in the books. And, yeah, I, I don't think – I think that we're probably in the minority, though, Chicky, because from what I've seen online, people really liked that scene. So it right. may just be that, you know, it wasn't what we were expecting. I don't know. But uh, to me – You know, we all go maybe. in with expectations from the book. Yeah, of course. I feel like it was because – I know that she wasn't looking in his eyes because she didn't want to tear up or forgive him or whatever. But when it, when you're doing two close-ups of actors and one is meeting the eyes and one isn't looking at the eyes at all, yes. like the eye lines don't match, it's just it disconnects the whole. Yeah, thing. I think that's like, why you know, I, it felt awkward to me. Think just yeah, I just reading. I don't know what else to say about it. I was just watching it. I wasn't like feeling it. Yeah, England's teary eyes though were really sad. Yeah, I didn't really get to me either. But anyway, we'll move on to um, Ramsey and Roos. Um, so Ramsey announces that Moat Kalen is Roos's. They're climbing a hill, and Roos asks him, what does he see? And um, it's the north, um, larger than all six kingdoms. Roos asks him what his asks Ramsey what his name is. He replies, Snow. He says, no, Bolton. <laughs> so it's almost like this <laughs> Lion King moment. <laughs> I was yes. going to say, I appreciated all the Lion King analogies I saw on Tumblr. <laughs> Everything the light touches, Ramsey. Yes, <laughs> Lord. So my question is, as soon as I saw this scene, all I could think about, oh, no, you just signed your own death certificate. You just yeah, legitimized. You just legitimized Ramsey. So how long do you think he has to live? That's the worry, though, isn't it? Because, you know, we've got Roos standing there essentially saying to Ramsay, oh, look at me, I'm Warden of the North, this is all mine. Oh, by the way, you are now my heir. Um, <laughs> look how great the North is. <laughs> and I love that they took a moment to show how um, not so bright Ramsay really is as Roos is trying to say, what do you see, what do you see? Yeah. And Ramsay just does not catch on <laughs> remotely. I see nothing, I see nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a short scene, but so we'll go on to the next, which is Peter and Sansa. Um, <clears throat> he kind of creeps into her, uh, what was it, her uh, closet, as Eon put it. 
Her broom closet. <laughs> and uh, Sans admits she saved him because uh, she doesn't know much about these new people, but she knows him and she knows what he wants. Ew. <laughs> Wait a minute. What does he want? I'm confused. He wants. I'm kidding. But that's I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, she, was sewing, she was sewing a dress in that scene, though. She was making that awesome she dress. She was. Yeah, she yes, she was. So good. I mean, I, she was altering a dress, I guess. It was. But anyway. Yeah, it was, it was a little scene, and it's kind of just, I think it just shows the shift in Sansa's thinking. She's kind of taking a little more control of her life for a change. Um, she And she knows Littlefinger. Go ahead. I don't know if it was the context of the scene, but I swear to God, the thing I put on his the scene, it, just, it was so creepy. I just had shivers, the bad kind. Yeah, I don't know though, but I don't know. For it seems like Sansa had a lot more. She was very self-possessed and aware. Like I've never mm. seen her. I think my biggest yeah. issue with what they're doing with Sansa is. Met, to me, it felt so sexual and so wrong. Yeah. Um, because, you know, obviously, yes, it's put Sandra in this position of power now because she does have something. Oh, did we lose YD? YD, back. Okay, we'll go on to the next scene and we'll hope we get her back. Um, so the next one is the Hound and Arya, and they're walking um, towards the Bloody Gate, and they're talking about Joffrey's death. Uh, he tells Arya that her aunt will pay for her. Um, the Hound announces he's um, with Arya Stark once he gets to the gate, and the guard announces that Lady Aaron died three days ago. <laughs> and then Arya bursts out <laughs> laughing. And, and then thought- we all do. Yeah, right? It was really funny and kind of creepy and just Aria. It was perfect. Uh, Okay, so my question was, uh, they announced who she is. She's Aria Stark. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Because I can't imagine these guys just letting them walk away. You know, there was a quote circulating from Maisie Williams that she had a scene with Aiden Gillen, who plays Littlefinger. This season, why? I never could find a source, and I asked the person on Tumblr what their source was, and they never responded. Oh, Um, that's intriguing. It really, and you know, here's the other thing. I think we all kind of assumed that Arya would be boarding a a a boat for Bravos at the end of the season, but she's at the Aries. She's you know in in the middle of the Vale. She's a long way from the water or anything. So we really have no fucking clue what they're doing with Arya and the Hound. Right. Other than that, he clearly still is um, having trouble with that wound. The bite oh, wound. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. slowing him down. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Mm. Um, so, mm. we got a lot of Littlefinger this episode. Um, the next scene is Baelish and Robin this time. Um, and Peter's speaking to Robin about life and death and... Um, he has a line about people dying over their chamber pots, which was kind of a oh, nice yeah. thrown away, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so watching the scene really made me think back to what you said, Chicky, about um, Robin's, the theory that Robin's probably little fingers or maybe little fingers. I'm inclined to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys hmm. think? That's very interesting. I, I mean, it's a widely floated theory. I, I kind of buy into it. It makes sense because clearly John Aaron had trouble producing children mm-hmm. um, and we know that 
Liza and Littlefinger were probably carrying on an affair. However, um, you know, there's pretty pretty apparent that Littlefinger may be poisoning Sweet Robin in the books. Oh, so yeah, yes. um, so do you do you think he yeah. would know then that Robin is his? He could know and poison him anyway. I mean, it's Littlefinger. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. That's very interesting. Never thought of that before. Um. So. Uh, eventually, Sansa comes down the stairs in her maleficent gown. <laughs> her hair is dark, and she's wearing this extravagant feathered black gowns and this really wicked necklace. So obviously, not her necklace. Yeah, obviously she's evil now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so um, I have heard a lot of people say they like the dress. A lot of people say they hate the dress. Do you oh, guys, the dress? Do you guys care? Great. Yeah, you like yeah, it? Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Did, did, did you even notice Littlefinger's outfit? Because it kind of matches Sansa's new outfit, too. It's got that same feathery look, too. Yeah, it's the neck has like a feathery like kind of. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, they were mocked. The mock- <laughs> I didn't motif. look at Littlefinger. Probably. No, I, I, I never looked at, at Littlefinger. <laughs> I was looking at Littlefinger. And I'll also tell you that he, he was wearing that earlier, too. When he, when he first got to the veil, he was wearing that weird furry collar kind of thing but it does match Sansa's pretty well mm. so you think she's intentionally emulating him yes um, she even dyed her hair I mean she's Elaine now yeah she did dye her hair she's really Elaine I thought it was also kind of a play on just the general little bird motif of Sansa you know yes. the bird, oh yeah the animal that she's associated with and it's you know yeah she has she is taking a darker turn with Littlefinger you can't really argue that I mean you know she's kind of kind of like boiling a frog you know she's slowly mm-hmm. kind of participating in some crimes and you know sure they're yeah. against not great people but you know, <laughs> so it is kind of it is kind that, of a Machiavellian um, turn for Sansa yeah that's that kind of ties into the, the theory I was going with before my internet cut out um when I was talking about the sort of sexual overtones and I found them quite overt um and in terms of the controversial Sansa chapter um that's coming up I, I wonder if it may refer to Sansa using her sexuality with Littlefinger to, to get ahead. I, I don't know. But they were really playing up the sexual angle of that in that scene, I, mean, I thought. Should I, oh, should, can we admit to Lot that we talked, YD, after this episode? I kind of gather. No! Immediately. And I said, so did Littlefinger and Sansa just do it in her chamber? Because the way that he's kind of walked out. Yeah, I mean, like, you could convince me that they had sex. I hope they didn't, but I honestly yeah. had that impression. I don't know if it was this reckon this play. Yeah, really look, I don't know whether or not I don't know whether or not they actually consummated their creepy, creepy <laughs> relationship. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was so blatantly sexual to me, just the way that the, the exchange, exchange between the eyes, I do not want to call it eye sex. Um, yeah, but, like yeah so, yeah, it was just so, so sexual that it had me wondering if, if that may be going, um, you know, maybe, uh, she's not this Cersei, you know, that greatest weapon, and she might use that to get what she wants in the future. She has learned a lot from Cersei and from Marjorie, and they're both kind of similar mm. in that way. But I don't, as a creepy right. shipper, I don't think they as do. As a have creepy any, shipper. As a creepy shipper. <laughs> that I, have um, I like because, that she embraces it. Just, just because I think Sansa's chambers are actually from a 
from a different door. Like when she first arrives and Robin goes to take her to her chambers, it's like through a different, it's not from up by the throne. It's kind of like at this, through this other door thing. So I don't think she's leaving her room with this swagger of like, I just said sex or whatever. <laughs> so as a shipper, you don't think they have I that. don't. I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so the next scene is the um, Tyrion and Jamie, and they're in Tyrion's cell discussing trial by combat and all the different uh, sides that there are, all the different terms for different murders. Um, they mentioned, this one really got to me, because they mentioned the lack of a definition for cousin killing. And in yeah, my head, in my head, I was thinking, Lancel, mention Lancel, tell him about Lancel. Didn't happen. <laughs> you know, but, you know what I was thinking about the cousin is that, you know, remember long ago, not in the books, but in the show, Jamie actually killed his cousin to, uh, to get back to Cersei. So I wonder if that's, that was a little nod to Jamie, perhaps recognizing and accepting that some, well, some of the bad things that he's done, I don't know. <laughs> you can well, almost see it yeah. in his face, almost, when he said cousins. Oh, yeah, almost. well, that's right. I'll have to watch that again. I didn't notice wasn't that. Wasn't it Alton Lannister? Alton. Good one, Eon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> Just another dead Lannister, because there's a lot of uh, cousins. <laughs> expendable Lannister cousins, including Orson Lannister. Uh, So they have this whole monologue about this Orson Lannister. He likes to crush beetles. And so, like, that brings me to my obvious question. What was this all about? (laughs) This went on forever. I loved this scene. I loved, loved, loved this scene. And it was... I think you could take a lot of stuff out of this scene. Um, Where to start? I feel like, I guess as a general sort of overview, it's Tyrion who's, you know, on perhaps on the verge of death and he's trying to make sense of his his world. Um, And it's very much, I found, a, a... you know, discussing Orson and, and crushing his beetles. And there's a metaphor there for, I guess, the, the futility of death. And, you know, what is the point of this relentless slaughter of people in his world? And, and more specifically to Tyrion, what would be the point of Tyrion's death? Um, so I guess that's sort of a the general thing I took away from that. But there's there's a lot more in it. And I guess I know Chicky loved this scene as well. So I perhaps maybe let her God, speak on it a little you bit. You guys have to stop. <laughs> Go ahead, Chicky. <laughs> Rehash it all again really for knows. us this time. We actually we didn't, didn't no, talk we, about we didn't. it. No, we, we really didn't. didn't. I just, we actually just said we both loved the scene. We didn't get into specifics. Oh, okay. Well, why did you love okay. it, Chicky? Oh, I, I love, I mean, I don't know if you guys know. I am a huge, just general Jamie Tyrion brotherhood fan i love the whole handless and noseless thing and i love that they were sharing kind of a a a childhood memory and a moment and everything that tied in with that the fact that jamie's the older brother and Tyrion is really asking jamie you know why why do these terrible things happen to Mm -hmm. people and is there a reason he's kind of you know you you get that feeling that he's seeking an answer at the same time that you get the impression that you know Tyrion's intelligence has been kind of zinging at him about, you know, how could I have prevented this or how could I have avoided it? You can kind of get that feeling in the background as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought yeah. it was a tremendous scene and well played. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Those two have awesome. really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. They have amazing chemistry. I, uh, yeah, I thought it was a, kind of a perfect scene. And what I, I know that a lot of people didn't like it and uh, that saddens me a little bit. I thought, um, Did- I don't know, I thought it was nice. Sorry, no, you got, you got a lot. Oh, I was just going to ask if uh, Ian, I saw her trying to jump in, yeah, if yeah, yeah. you enjoyed it at all. 
Well, initially, I had my reservations about it. Um, I have some close friends that have a, um, a, a handicapped child, so at first I was a little bit taken mm. aback by it. But on second watch, I really enjoyed it, because this is just a scene between two brothers that really love each other. You're seeing a side of, of Tyrion that's just really sweet. He's picking up the that roly-poly and he's really gentle with it and he sets it down this is the last scene that we see Tyrion like this because in the next scene that we possibly see Tyrion in it's going to be totally different and like right. the Dance with Dragons Tyrion is totally different than what we're seeing right now right. it's, just, it's yeah. kind of sad and I just I, this was a beautiful scene honestly between two brothers that that loved each other yeah and Craig did you enjoy it yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I, I I I have watched it like three times now just because I was trying to figure out the first time. Like <laughs> yeah, well similar to Yeah, and I was like, wait, what's happening? And I was just enjoying the the brotherhood of it, but I got a good theory in my ass box and I've seen it kind of around that that um I guess the cousin was George Martin and that the, the Beatles were just all the characters. Yeah, I like that, yeah. And, and we were Tyrion trying to read the books, like trying to figure out why this is happening to us, and like, nobody just knows. Slip, slip a bit of meta in there. Yeah. That's, I, I actually like that. But yeah, I think it was just, it was really layered. And, you know, you also mm-hmm. sort of had the, the metaphor of Tyrion when he's holding the little bug and then he lets it go. I guess that's a bit of foreshadowing to Tyrion escaping, or that's mm-hmm. what I thought at least. Yeah. Um, see and then there's also the, the, the theme of the big crushing the little. So you've got, I guess, in terms of physicality, you've got the big, so you've got the mountain who will then be killing Oberon, you've got Tywin trying to crush Tyrion, uh, and you've even got the mule or the donkey killing Orson, and even metaphorically the gods who are the big creatures in their world killing everyone else. Um, so yeah, there was just there was just so much in there, and I, I really enjoyed that scene. And even just the... Um, I think we were talking about just the brotherly love there. It was just a little bit of, I think, Tyrion trying to seek comfort from his big yeah. brother. I mean, like, knowing that the trial's coming up, it was a perfect way to show them bonding again, you know, just to make it yeah. all the more heart-wrenching. Also so did anyone else fuck. Did anyone else hear the um, Orson Scott card theory? No. no. I don't Orson know. Scott card who wrote Ender's Game is probably the thing that he's mm. best known for. Um, he's He's not a very popular person personally because of some of his political views but um apparently he uh released a review for um game of thrones early in season one where he really knocked the tar out of the show out of the adaptation (laughs) and um there's kind of a theory that this was actually a knock at him i don't know if anyone read ender's game but in ender's game um there's a fight against an alien race who are called the buggers as in insects bugs Mm. and um they're kind of mindlessly fighting, killing each other. So there's kind of a theory that might have been a knock at Orson Scott card as well. <laughs> oh, I like wow. that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you find this stuff out, but I love it. <laughs> Reddit. The, re- the ASOIAF subreddit, that's where. Uh, um, so I don't know. I have to absolutely mention Jamie's reaction to this, though, when he yeah. says... Every day, men, women, and children are killed by the score. <laughs> Who gives a dusty fuck about Beatles? <laughs> and I am the Jamie of the scene. <laughs> but it's all beautiful, all your speculation and theories. I enjoy that you do the work. <laughs> I get to sit back and listen to it. 
Oh, I am Jamie. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Don't okay. To the fight. Well, I think I think right. part of the reason why a lot of people were anxious for this to end is because of the anticipation for the fight. So I can I can understand. Yeah. That. Well, yes. Yeah, Although I have to say, I like pacing of taking kind of a yes. breather right before the fight. I thought yeah. it was actually pretty smart. <laughs> See, I legitimately have in my notes that this provided a bit of a breather before the fight. <laughs> Get out of my notes. <laughs> let's, let's get to the trial. Okay. Let's so, do it. Tyrion's trial. Um, oh. uh, we see Varys, Cersei, T- uh, Tywin, Mace, and then Jaime enters. Um, I couldn't help but notice he wasn't in his Kingsguard uniform. I don't know yeah. if that's intentionally him distancing himself from this whole scene. Um, we see Oberyn, and he is with Ilaria. Tyrion comes out, and he immediately chastises uh, Oberyn for his lack of armor, well, his thin armor and lack of helmet, <laughs> and the fact that he's drinking. <laughs> Wearing helmets save lives, Oberyn! <laughs> Today's not the day he dies, YD. <laughs> oh, okay. That's all right, then. <laughs> that day was also not the day my soul died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So the mountain comes out and Ilaria says, you're going to fight that. And he says, I'm going to kill that. Um, oh, and I just have to mention the beautiful landscape. I love the way they showed the Dread Keep in the background. Mm-hmm. If you notice. Anyway, that was just an aesthetic thing I enjoyed. Um, Oberyn says, size does not matter when you're flat on your back. And I like this slide where Tyrion says, thank the gods. <laughs> and another favorite part of this trial was when Pycelle starts the proceedings and he's getting really long-winded and immediately Tywin does this um, maneuver where it's like almost like the Oscar Knight mic pull. <laughs> yes, he was a lot. Tywin was a lot of that show. <laughs> Keep it moving. We don't give a dusty fuck, Pycelle. <laughs> <laughs> so Laria and Oberyn have a final exchange and uh, she has this beautiful line where she says uh, don't ever leave me alone in this world um, the fight commences Oberyn wants um, the mountain's confession so throughout their whole fight he's asking for her name you know admits his cartwheels which seems to be doing the trick he la- manages to stab the mountain a few times um, the mountain eventually falls on his back Oberyn demands the mountain confess and he wants to know who gave the order to kill his sister the mountain flips over and down and smashes a few of his teeth out and then sticks his thumb in his eye sockets and Uh, quite literally pops his head open Ilaria screams Tywin rises gods have made their will known Tyrion is sentenced to death Mm. Uh, it was pretty gory scene oh gosh it was a lot more brutal watching than actually reading, I'd have to say. I mean, uh, especially when the teeth hit the ground. It was like watching like Skittle, a bag of Skittles <laughs> hit the ground. And then seeing his mouth afterwards, it was like... Oh, uh, and his scream. That is the best simile ever. It was like watching a bunch of Skittles. Always <laughs> face the rainbow. I'm never going to be... <laughs> Again, without thinking that? <laughs> you broke Skittles for me. <laughs> well, never want to eat one of those again. Think of it as a bunch of Smarties, Lot. Don't eat the red ones, Whitey. Don't eat the red oh, ones. Don't eat the red ones oh, last. God. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. 
I have to say one thing I really enjoyed about this scene though is just watching the expressions on everybody's face. Yes. Oh, wasn't Delirious. Jamie's reaction to it amazing? He was he's got this whole um sort of he was fangirling so hard over Oberyn's <laughs> moves and then he looks so happy at the prospect of Oberyn winning to save his little brother and I just that really touched me. I love that. You know, he's like, We're gonna do it, bro and he's like, Oh Did and then not catch, so much. Did anyone catch um Ferris? Look at Jamie. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of foreshadowing, perhaps. Thank you, Tumblr, and all the gift sets. Because <laughs> I wouldn't have caught it out for Tumblr. Yeah, I did notice that. I have to say too, um, Cersei's expressions throughout were very enjoyable. Because uh, and sure. Go ahead. Whitey. I was just saying, I'm agreeing with you. They sure were. I like that she, um, when Jamie initially sat down, she gave him that little side eye. And then obviously, as she thinks she's losing, she, the face gets more sour, which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've always been a big proponent of Lena with those um, just so silent she, reactions she does. She's, she's great at it. She's yeah, very she skillful at that. Um, does anyone have anything else they want to say about this scene? Um. I do, honestly. I was really pleased with with this scene. I thought it was very good. I thought it was a very great adaptation from the books. I mean, especially whenever I was, I could remember reading the books and going, oh my god, he's got this, he's got this, and oh shit, he doesn't. Yep. I mean, and it's just, it's horrible because I think Oberyn, he, he's such a good fighter, and he could have had it. He really did. He, he, if he wanted to kill the mountain, he would have done it. But he wanted to play with him, and he really mm-hmm. wanted the mountain to to just say that he killed Elia and the kids. Yeah, he wanted. He really wanted his vengeance. And someone I yes. saw a quote, a, that Confucius quote, going around Tumblr, which is, "Before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves." Hmm. And I thought that was really playing with that idea that you know. You know, it may be all very well and good to want your vengeance, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, exactly. in this case, it, it cost Ober in his life. So, and I think Martin really touches on vengeance. Is really it can be re- very, famous, especially yeah. with Oberyn. Vengeance. I mean, it can be deadly. And Absolutely. Martin really. I mean, whenever you really want something to happen, he can give it to you. But then you can realize that you don't really right. want it. He's good at that, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so um, I think that's going to bring us to the end. Um, but we do have, as always, all our lovely thank yous and acknowledgements. And I think, YD, you have those for us tonight? I do have those. And we do have quite a few. Um, so I'm, I'm just continually astounded by the amount of feedback that we're getting for this podcast. Oh, so thank last you. episode especially. Right? Yes, yeah. Oh, everyone, gosh, loved our, yes. everyone loved our uh, messy, technically uh, <laughs> concerning podcast. Language, oh, excellent. It was excellent. Yes. Um, so anyway, we got several Tumblr comments. Um, so I'll just go through some of those here. So from F Seventh, who really has been our biggest supporter, I yeah, think. Yeah, she she's, has. She's been amazing. Um, she just says, "Amazing job as usual." Um, I think she enjoyed the uh, some of the <laughs> the questions Miss Jodie sent in. She said, um, and she signs <laughs> off by saying, "Chaos is a ladder." 
don't know that word, very strong choleric. Connor in me, chaos is a ladder. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, F7. We got another Tumblr comment from Maybe I Want the Trouble. Um, and she says, I absolutely loved episode eight. At one point, I was in my eyes from laughing too hard. <laughs> Probably at our technical difficulty. I too was she crying can... during episode yes. eight for entirely different all... reasons. Ian, Ian certainly was. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> she continues by saying, <laughs> Uh, maybe I want the trouble continues by saying, um, and I didn't even know the theory you discussed about Brienne being the beauty in Cersei's prophecy. That's interesting. And I really enjoyed listening to your thoughts about the whole Azor Ahai theory. I basically enjoyed everything about this episode, to be honest. You guys are great and super funny, and I love listening to you. So thank you, Maybe I Want the Trouble. That's really lovely. Love you. Thank you. Yes, we do. Um, we have a comment from Jinmo who says, love the latest podcast. I didn't even notice the difficulties that much. <laughs> she must be partially deaf. <laughs> and she said um, she was laughing out loud at the ending. So that must be a shout out to Eon. Eon. <laughs> She's Jin. Jinmay also says, I was depressed over thinking about their deaths, that's Jamie and Brian's deaths, but laughing at the same time. Lot, I know I say it all the time, but your laugh is so freaking amazing, and every time you do your little chuckle, I lose it. <laughs> your oh, laugh is like yes. Gwendolyn Christie of the group, except not a laugh, I'm just super adorable and contagious. <laughs> I will take that compliment, thank you. <laughs> take yes, it, baby. we're trying to throw Lot off of her game. Yeah. <laughs> Give it um, me. Another... come at me, come at me. <laughs> yes, come at me, bro. <laughs> another comment from um, Life in a Bubble Jungle. That is the lovely Liz, who guested Liz. Um, a couple of weeks ago. She said the last episode was the best ever, though I don't recommend listening to you guys on the bus. I couldn't help <laughs> laughing a lot and got some looks. It was a bit comforting that I wasn't the only one who thought that Jamie was taken by Unbrian in A Dance with Dragons. I was freaked out, but I discovered the truth on the same day that I finished the chapter. So not quite as bad as Chicky. I've got to say, I'm, <laughs> I'm, God. I'm particularly tickled whenever people share with us where they listen to this podcast. Like so far, we've had bus, <laughs> we've had the street store. You guys this in the bathroom. You <laughs> <laughs> sit in the bathroom Chicky. for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of Chicky, big... bless your poor little black heart. Oh, I can't believe thanks. we had you endure that, and I missed it because I was oh. disconnected last podcast. But gosh, I can't imagine what you had to go through. <laughs> the best that was her when Torg said it. it was a hard three days. <laughs> I know. I said to her, that must have been devastating for you, Torg. <laughs> uh, all, was... right, all right, let me, let me quickly finish this one. So Liz, Liz ends by saying she felt so much. She wouldn't have coped so well during a year and a half. And she says, keep up the great job. <laughs> um, so we got another comment from Joker took my picture, the lovely Maggie, who says that episode eight was absolutely hilarious. What an awesome giggle fest. And I love how you combine serious book and show discussion with silliness in this podcast. The end was probably the funniest part because some <laughs> Because someone, oh, and she's got hint, this has been a total fuck-up, uh, <laughs> was clearly drunk. <laughs> you guys are gold, and I can't expect I love listening to you. Um, so thank you so thank much, you, Maggie. Maggie. We love you. We love yeah, you so Maggie's much. always been such a good... My liver thanks you, Maggie. <laughs> 
Um, and our last Tumblr comment is from Clotho Spindle. Um, she says, bravo, that was hilarious. I'm sorry your technical struggles <laughs> contributed to that, but you all handled it well. Reaction by Eon at the end included. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme with these comments. I swear to God, I will never live this down. Nope. I'm going to throw my nuts across the room now. Not <laughs> your spiral notebook. This is the ending we've yeah. always been searching for. We've always yeah. wanted an ending to the podcast. See, this is, is what you need out. to do, Lot. You need to change that ending. Just to you. a notebook flying through the air, hitting the wall. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to hear me rip phone book from my rage. Anyway, Clotho continues by saying, I loved Guile's meaty quest, sorry, Miss Jodie's meaty <laughs> quest. She says, I'm thankful I now have the imagery of Jamie shouting Kingslayer as he comes and crying afterwards because it was so beautiful. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I would like to not thank you for having that image in my head. <laughs> it was dedicated to you. But, uh, uh, says she also, at the same time, finds the idea of Jamie and Brienne having critical, snarky sex kind of feeling as well. Good stuff, and I agree with the statement. Don't give up on the gravy. So thank you, Clotho. We love you. There were just a couple of emails. We had one from Alice who sent in a thoroughly uh, enjoyable light bringer Azor high theory, which we I don't think we managed to discuss this podcast, but we may uh, discuss in future podcasts. Um, and she also signed off by – oh, I think she began the email actually by saying, love the podcast, very happy to have stumbled upon it. So thank you very much, Alice. And we received an email from Bertart, um, who says, Congratulations on another amazing episode. This Q&A was a brilliant idea and I loved the mix. You all did great fielding Jodie's no-nonsense queries. This is quite good. She never rests in her search for the truth, looking 20 behind it, never stopping at just the tip of the answers. And the responses were just as deep, in brackets, very deep. <laughs> I, have to, uh, I have to say, too, at this point, I forgot to acknowledge all the hard work you guys did with um, compiling those questions. And I think it was, if you correct me if I'm wrong, Chicky and YD, it was your idea to start actually gathering questions, was it not? to do for I thought it was another drunken idea of ours yeah it was great it's brilliant you should drink more <laughs> but thank you yeah thank you for doing that last week because uh, it was a lot of work um, the best. <laughs> and I'd also like to thank Cray for that comment right now <laughs> oh, <you're there. laughs> I'll just continue quickly with Rosart's email. Um, she says, I also enjoyed the discussion concerning prophecies and theories in Endgame. I am a sucker for speculation, so I appreciated that you all clearly put thought into this part of the story. Ladies, this episode solidifies the success of the podcast past the point where the TV show is done this season. You all have unique viewpoints and excellent topics ranging from serious book discussion to ridiculous fantasies of JB table sex that leave a continual <laughs> smile on my face. The regulars create a perfect chemistry and every guest has been a wonderful and warmly welcomed addition. I cannot wait to see where you all take this and I will be an avid listener every step of the way. Thank you for this podcast. Uh, Rose Hart, you're oh, making Rose my Hart. face hurt from smiling. Oh, you're so lovely, Rose Hart. Thank you, Thank Rose you Hart. so much. 
Um, and just quickly, we have the one um, review on iTunes from the US iTunes store from Theatre Music Bookworm, who is a lovely Tory. Um, and she says, such a fun podcast, really helpful to those of us who haven't finished reading the books. I love the compare contrast. You ladies are so fun to listen to. Never a dull moment. So thank you, Tori, lovely oh, lady. Thank you. thank you, Tori. And thank you, everyone, again, just for your continued support. It means the world to us. It Thanks does. for listening. We it don't does. know why you do, but we're glad. <laughs> and thank yes. you, YD, again, for pull, pulling those together and reading them. My pleasure. And um, yes. Cray, I am sorry if I felt if you felt like I was beating up on you. <laughs> I'm holding you over the yes. coals. This Once is they like were like the first time you've like cornered a guest like this. <laughs> I have a lot of dogs. Never coming back to guest on this podcast again. <laughs> not only I'm not going to talk to you guys again ever. <laughs> well, you could talk to them. I was really the jerk. No, no, Trey, no, no, no. Trey, I have an idea. You could grill lot on why she's kind of anti-poutine. Oh, it's an issue. <laughs> yes. Someone yes. needs Canadian. to confront her. Uh, I have a question. As so a basically, it will be Canadian bowl. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Get hyped. Canadian vote. Get hyped. <laughs> great type of poutine questions. Okay. <laughs> what are you like poutine? What? It's so gross. It's just like the idea of uh, like potatoes with. This is not even gonna help my case when I describe <laughs> it. I know. Got potatoes. Oh yum. <laughs> gravy. Okay. Cheese. Gross. It's just like fat yeah. on top of fat on top of fat. It's. Oh my- this is delicious. Northerners, get out! I'm not going anywhere. So there. <laughs> I live in the south. Come on. Not until Brienne dies. I'm here. <laughs> I'm not moving. Okay, then hopefully forever. <laughs> Yay. Yay! Okay, we're all happy and friends again. So Yay. time to Yay. end. It. Um, because um, we're gonna have some Tumblr updates and news about where we're gonna be heading with the podcast once the episodes are done. Um, we do plan on doing some book chapter reviews in the future. Um, we do have a long list yet of other um, guest podcasters from the fandom. Um, and we absolutely value and love your input and comments. So if you want to send us some um, comments, you can uh, close the door and at gmail.com or you can of course reach us at Tumblr, which is Chicky. Close the door and come here. Tumblr.com. I refuse to learn that. <laughs> How can you not it's learn the that? The podcast <laughs> at Tumblr.com. I have a lot of other things on my mind. <laughs> she outsourced it to me. Right. Okay. Good delegating, Mark. Good uh, I love you guys. I <laughs> Good love you. Good night. Night, night everyone. Good Bye. night. We love you. <laughs>